On this week's show, one lucky winner will get a bundle of direchasm goodness from store.ontabletop.com. Not only will you be picking up a copy of the starter set for Underworld's Direchasm, you'll also be getting the Direchasm hardback anthology filled with 11 tales to get you going for all of the Warhammer Age of Sigmar goodness. To be in with a chance to win, you need to give this video a like, pop a comment below, be a subscriber to the channel, and if you can, give us a share about on social media. We're going to move on and start looking at a week's worth of gaming news because the weekend starts now. Fantastic looking prize, a little mm. bit of reading as well to get people into the whole exactly. aesthetic. Yeah. I, I like what you've done there, Ben. It's very clever. <laughs> a combo prize. <laughs> it's a Brucey bonus. <laughs> well, uh, I think the first thing we should do then is see whether or not you can maintain this high level that you've already set us going with. Oh dear. By checking out the end of the week then, Benjamin. Ah, oh. end of the week. Okay, yes. So the pick this week is another one a little bit similar to Avatars of War mm. from last week, in which I'm surprised that we haven't covered them yet. Mm. But we're going to be checking out the fantabulous Modern Warfare Collection by Spectre Miniatures, oh. uh, which is very, very nice indeed. Um, so for those who don't know, Spectre Miniatures uh, created a game called Spectre Operations, which is a mm. Modern Warfare era uh let's say sort of like late 90s through to early 2000s and even now sort of modern period war game uh where you play squads of specialist soldiers uh, from the us and that kind of thing going up against uh insurgent forces in the middle east and all around the world as well in fact yeah. mm -hmm. um they have been making fantastic uh metal miniatures for quite a while now, and they've started to do a couple of um, resin bits and pieces here and there. But the range has grown over the last, mm -hmm. I'd say, five years now to include a smorgasbord of uh, different nationalities and different uh, uh, characters features on the tabletop, which is very nice. So, yeah. The game itself have a look is, through uh, it now. Yeah, yeah the, the game itself is, is sort of semi almost rpg like yes uh, and i yeah. don't mean rocket propelled grenade um <laughs> but it, it has a almost like an umpire and, and you're yeah. playing through sort of set missions so there, there's more of the old style game construction to it mm -hmm. as well where you're not just putting a force down and playing against a, an opposing force there's, yeah. there's a lot more into it's, it especially when it comes to the tactical side of things yeah it's very much one of those where um kind of like a situation is set up. So maybe there's a building that you need to infiltrate and get somebody out from within it. And someone, maybe a games master or your opponent will know different spots where things are going to trigger and happen. Mm -hmm. And there's also going to be patrol routes of enemy forces and that kind of thing as well. So it's very much set up a little bit like one of those kind of full spectrum warrior, Rainbow Six, mm -hmm as I say, modern warfare-style games on the tabletop where you're trying to um, not just beat the game but maybe beat an individual as well and um, do something that's not just killing the opponent. Yep. It could be getting something and getting out or, and that kind of thing as well. So, yeah. 
One um, of my favorite things that this range has done is some of the, the modern vehicles that you can mm, lay your hands on, you know, yeah. yourself like a nice big American Humvee or something. Yeah. So the, the selection of different miniatures is, is fairly varied now. So like, as I was saying, they've pretty much covered everything from, I'd say most kind of uh, US special forces at this point. Uh, they've done a lot of British stuff. Uh, and then they've looked at, I mean, as, as Justin was saying, there are lots of vehicles to go alongside that. So you've got your trucks and things that get guns mounted to the back of them. So you've got your big heavy machine guns and that kind of thing as well. Oh, yeah. uh, and then also slightly more up-to-date modern mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, military tech as well, which is cool. Yeah. Although one, one of my favorite funny videos uh, that I've seen online is actually someone took like a pickup truck and mounted a Katusha on the back of it. <laughs> as soon as they fired it off, the truck just went up in flames. Yeah. <laughs> of course it did. Of course. <laughs> it's um, really nice to see miniatures that are modern as well. So a lot of the warfare stuff that we do tend to see is historical. It's really yeah. interesting to see this side of things. Definitely mm. really cool, especially the idea of going out and completing a mission and not just like mm. one target, shoot, kill, next mm. army, go out, shoot, yeah. kill. It's kind of got that SEAL team aspect of it, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's something that I think is really cool about the game and the range is that it kind of it gets to that sort of Hollywood style movie stuff, but then adds lots of actual real world stuff on at the same time. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I, I know about the, the people behind Spectre is that they've had time within the military or as <laughs> private military contractors wow. and that kind of thing. So they are very up to date with how all of this works and what your missions would do. And so the game is written from the point of view of how they would play out these scenarios, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, there's the, and, and as you're seeing from a lot of stuff that Jerry's showing off now as well, they've got nice incidental pieces that work very well alongside the core range of troops mm. so that you can play through all those scenarios that we were talking about earlier and that kind of objective-based stuff, which is really cool. Mm. Um, see, modern, modern combat is a very, very different beast to like what you would consider historical yeah. warfare. It's not two armies line up and start battering yeah. hell out of each other. The idea of insurgent warfare and bringing it to the tabletop yeah. It was always something in the early days of Beast War we wondered about and wondered how would you actually pull it off. Mm-hmm. And th- with the narrative style of this, I think it's the only way you can do it really, really well. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely the case. Um, I, I think one of the things that's quite nice about what they do, and if, if we have a look at the, uh, if we open up the the, mm-hmm. the miniature section and just have a look at some of the insurgent stuff, um, sure. if we can do. I can't remember. We, if we they, can. Well, I will down. segue into them via the medium of technical. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that one of the things? But one of the things that you that is uh, you are almost see illustrated here by the use of the technicals, as we were talking about, mm. is the idea that a lot of warfare in modern settings, you're not entirely sure who the enemy are and mm. where they're coming from, and so a lot of the time with the ranges that they do in terms of uh, you know quote unquote the bad guys. Mm within different situations is that a lot of them are done as covert operatives. Mm-hmm. So you never know where something's going to happen. Now, obviously that's something that we see a lot happen in um, sort of Vietnam era war, Vietnam war era war gaming, mm-hmm. where you're not entirely sure exactly if that farmer's going to kill you with a machine gun and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've sort of brought that in here as well with their insurgents and that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, um, it's covered- quite, Sorry. It's quite interesting to see, like, it's not just men in uniform. There's kind of, yeah. like, rebel sides to it, and it's not just, as you said, like, one team versus another. There's so yeah. many different layers yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about the, uh, and here we can see a lot of it as well, is that they've not just done the typical Middle Eastern mm. um, kind of 
conflict zone either they've also gone to different areas as well so obviously you've got things like the cartels if you want to do stuff in sort of south america um i believe they've got like a i think it's a congo style range so mm-hmm. it's all sort of like um sort of african uh, warlords and that kind of stuff as well so you can go down that route yeah. then of course you have the obligatory kind of like um sort of bad guy russians and criminals and all that kind of stuff as well so mm. if you again if you wanted to play something a little bit like those yeah, uh, if you want to play something a little bit like the opening uh, scenes to Modern Warfare 2 or 3, then you can do those sort of scenarios on the tabletop. Which or is really or cool. raiding a bank. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Run by the mafia. Yeah. You know. yeah. 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 Replaying the start of Batman. Yeah. 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 In fact, i tell you what you could do with this. There's a, a game that I got the rulebook for years ago that I think these miniatures would work really well in called Wasteland. So it's mm. like a build-your-own-post-apocalypse kind of like skirmish game. Yeah. So having like modern vehicles and modern fighters who look like civilians that yeah. you could throw into a skirmish game like that, I think is a really cool like additional use for these. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's something that you could do with these is that you don't necessarily have to use them for that modern setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just to say you could use them for something a little bit more sort of out there and stuff. And mm-hmm. just just by virtue of how you paint them, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is great. Um, and now a lot of the stuff that they have on their site is usually available but i will say that as soon as it does become available it goes very quickly because they're obviously very well sought after so if you do like these it's probably a good idea to kind of bookmark a couple of pages just to make sure that you've got them on hand <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they are the, fantastic but. the the warlord with the red beret up the page a little bit i'm getting serious lord of war vibes from it yes you know him just looking <laughs> at uh, <laughs> the main character from it going yeah. no no i prefer it my way <laughs> he's good but he's not as good as him yeah, oh, that's fantastic. God. That's Very perfect. Cool. She just yeah. has that um, witch doctor mm-hmm. feel where they're they're sending you know kids out armed with coke bottles, yeah, and things like that. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know that that AK cannon needs to be painted gold. <laughs> actually, that oh yeah. Cool. yeah. Talking of weapons, they actually do quite a lot of different variants of that. So oh. sorry, pardon me. They've got your sort of typical assault rifles, AK-47s and that kind of thing. But a lot of the time when you see the um, specialist troops, they have very, they've gone into real detail of exactly what kind of rifles, submachine guns, heavy machine guns, grenade launchers, shotguns and stuff they have because all of that feeds into directly how the game plays because it's pretty important what you arm your first tier operators with and they're going into combat. You know, they've taken that gun because they know how to use it and it's perfect for the situation and that kind of thing. So there, there, of course, is a situation where you need someone with a grenade launcher and a massive beard. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually, I think that's actually based on the Medal of Honor Mercenaries. I think it was game that came right, out a couple of years ago. I'm thinking yeah. that's based on somebody entirely different. Oh. Although oh. he doesn't look quite as that. <laughs> is that why you removed the beard? Did you? Know he was oh, yeah. oh my god! No, no there, there was an unfortunate trimming accident. Leave me alone. <laughs> Tier one operator grenadier, Justin. Yeah. Oh, oh not that's but, I mean, also, it... I'd like to point out he is alpha. So I imagine the rest <laughs> the of the world strike, strike oh. is just off camera. There. I'm not oh. the only one without a beard. Now you're smooth faced. You've got smooth faced. Um, no, no. I mean, like I've, I've got the stubble on the go. It's kind of like sandpaper. <laughs> at least at least i'm not the only one for bald face that's true. That's yeah. True. yeah yeah no i saw the caesar comic and went nope. <laughs> <laughs> but did you see it was orange this time it yeah. Is ginger. yeah yeah you can, see, you can see ginger now that's the <laughs> um I, I will also point out that you don't necessarily like one of the things the nice things about this game is that you mm. can dive in and play it with first tier operator groups who are like a group of five or six individuals going up against a larger force 
and it's been weighted so that they are much better than them and that kind of thing. And it, and it plays out in this very scenario style. <laughs> but you can play with kind of slightly more bog, and I say bog standard in the most <laughs> mm. uh, sort of loose sense. You can play it with more bog standard forces going up against each other if you want to do a larger conflict between maybe two insurgent groups or two rival warlords and that kind of thing as well. Yeah. <laughs> They kind of got really nice levels between the two, uh, which I think is really nice. Um, Although that that sniper, I kind of want to do like you know just like little fabric bags to lay over the sniper rifle and make it look as if, you, as if he's just taking mm. a nap. <laughs> I sleep stealth, here. Stealth right there. I sleep with my sniper rifle. <laughs> no, no, you hide the sniper rifle. Uh, but these are um, you can see some of the more covert operatives here. So you've got the insurgents undercover there, and that. Kind oh of yeah, thing. that's cool. And oh. literal undercover snipers as well. Uh, if you wanted to do something sneaky behind the scenes mm. but i think this is one of the nicest well this new insurgents pmc range is really good because obviously the pmc is the private military contactors yep. mm-hmm. most of the time they work for the good guys but a lot of good guys but a lot of the time they also work for the bad guys as well uh, and so you could have rival mercenary corporations going up going up against each other and that's an entirely different sort of slightly yeah, more pulpy true. thing if you want to go down as yeah. well which really i mean cool. there's there's one important thing ben they they work for Money. Well, yes, money. Money makes the world go around, especially in the modern warfare setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what size are these? Uh, so the twenty-eight mil. Twenty-eight. Uh, mil. A lot of these, yeah. God's and uh, the the majority, I'm fairly sure, are all mostly single piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, although you may have occasional ones where you have to stick like an arm or or something on or a backpack or something. Um, oh, right. but they've been designed so that they're very quick and easy to get down to the tabletop. Nice. Um, and one of the things is the guys from Spectre, they're always turning up to like conventions and stuff. Yes. So yeah. if there's something you've maybe been wanting for a long time, mm-hmm. it's definitely worth going and just running to their stand when we're allowed conventions yeah. again. Uh, and and one of the, as I was saying, one of the cool things is that because you can start off at that quite that small level. So you can just have five or six guys versus five or six guys on a massive tabletop full of terrain. You can start it quite quickly and get it over and get sort of diving into games very nicely without having to worry about painting too much stuff up and all that kind of thing. You can spend more time on painting the camo on your guys. (laughs) Uh, If you're so inclined to do so. I know they're very cool. I mean, Um, you you could replay the the TV show or the movie. Yeah. I've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine recently, which probably isn't the best um, (laughs) entry point to this. All I can think of is Nine-Nine and Peralta running around. (laughs) Whenever it's that show, it's just Terry Crews. Terry loves yogurt. Yeah, exactly. I I need a Terry Crews swap miniature now. from. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Sold. Sold. (laughs) Uh, I will also point out that um, as well as all of the stuff they've, they've got for kind of like your more like real world settings mm-hmm. uh, for example you've got spetsnaz and things that we're looking at here um they also do a kind of like a near future range as well mm-hmm. um oh. i think it's if you click on the miniatures tab again jerry and just mm-hmm. let that drop down find uh, and then click on are a little bit matrix black powder <laughs> red earth i think that's the one so it's a couple down from the top there yeah so this is their sort of like um the range that they're going to start growing over time. Mm-hmm. So they've got this Ember team, which is kind of like their sort of like hot squad of badasses. Uh, but they go up against the likes of Spetsnaz and all that kind of things like that. But it's set within their own sort of near future setting mm-hmm. where, you know, a little bit like Tom Clancy, things have gone s- slightly wrong within our own world and that kind of stuff. Oh, I'm wearing the right shirt. Yeah. Oh, no. Pamphlet. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to get shot quite easily having your arm <laughs> out wearing jeans. So. 
Well, he, he swapped jobs from the Grenadier to being part of the Red Earth team now. So that was the, the end. You know, they, yeah. they trusted me with Hayax one time, didn't go well. So, yeah, <laughs> on the market. Say the, um, the miniatures they have in this range for the scenarios mm. are absolutely gorgeous. They yeah. really are. Sometimes you do right. just need a dictator or a sheik. Yeah. Or, oh, look. Oh, 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 like, yeah, Okay, there's one thing I never want to paint is the the banding on the the, the head oh, wrap. Oh yeah, that would cross my eyes no end. I, I, I'd break out one of Jerry's tricks with the pens. Yeah, just use a pen. Actually, yeah, good shout. That's a good call. You could cosplay that. No. Oh yeah, you can't die there. <laughs> I mean, it's... 101 uses for casting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, it... his little briefcase. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't Probably look got... shifty at all. No. That's a data bank as well that you've got to go and raid. But yeah, it's it's a really awesome range if you want to do something that's, again, very like on point with the yeah. sort of modern setting, or if you want to do something that's slightly more oddball and Hollywood if you want to as well. Mm. And the range is, as you can see here from what we've been looking at, extensive as yeah. well. And, yeah. and this is, they do have a, a essentially a drop down for just in stock items. So there's, yes. there's things that are in the range that we're not looking at simply because they don't have any made at the moment. In mm -hmm. fact, you can buy quad night version goggles and they've already yeah. got the helmet set up to take them on the front. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just madness. Yeah. Uh, another thing I would say is that they've um, been looking at uh, STL work as well. So mm -hmm. if you want to get some of those extra weapons or you want to attach some guns to your technicals, for example, then you can do that. Maybe print off a bit of terrain. They've also been, uh, well, they've been doing for the majority of cases, uh, sort of hand sculpted miniatures, mm -hmm. but they're also looking at doing a lot more 3D sculpted stuff as well. Um, and the style looks basically the same. Um, so if, if you're interested in that, hopefully that means we're going to see even more miniatures in the next couple of months or so uh, as we start to move out of uh, lockdown situations and people can go back to events and see all their lovely miniatures in, per in person, which would be very cool. See, awesome. I love this section because it, it adds one thing that I always find a lot of people miss out on their gaming tables, and that's just the random clutter. Scat scatter be, color. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it serves no purpose in game except to look pretty. It looks and cool. Look and to hide behind. Yeah, hide behind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm hiding behind those, those sandbags and stuff. Yeah. But I um, like how just even the kind of toxic waste cans whatever you call them toxic barrels. waste cans that, that's good. barrels that would make yeah. sense oil, oil, drums. Yeah. Yeah. oil drums they all look different individually they've all got individual yeah, yeah. dents yeah. and stuff yeah. everything looks different and it does not like the same miniature repainting yeah. over and over yeah. What you need to do is you need to paint them red and then everyone's encouraged to shoot them because that's what they do in video games. If there's a yeah. red barrel, you shoot it and it's Just get a little bit of decal paper and just get the, the explosive symbols, yeah, yeah. toxic yeah. symbols on them. You can have different I like, game I, I like the idea of them being toxic waste though because then that means that they could be zombies and you could hunt down zombies with your Spetsnaz team or something, which would be you pretty should. awesome. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Absolutely fantastic stuff from these guys. Uh, if you want to go and check out their miniatures and their rules and everything, it's all listed on their website. And sure they have lots of you, cool you stuff. You can even buy merch. merch. <gasps> wow. Merch. You two can get a bandana for your dog. Look at his little bandana, though. Doggo. Cute doggo. How Ultra Modern's teddy bears. Mm. This is like when we had that cake section in that uh, Indie that of the Week. That was an amazing section. Yeah. Yeah. So the, what? They're, cakes? They're, we had a cake oh, section in yeah. Indie of the Week. Uh, mm. and they, they list their favorite cakes um, mm. whenever they play games or have to do any work. They bring yeah. different cakes and then evaluate them and have a whole section dedicated to nice. it. Nice! But yeah, so uh, yeah, Spectre Miniatures, good old Spec Ops. 
delightful range of stuff and, and only going from strength to strength well done ben you get to live again for another week yes because <laughs> when you fail, we will kill you no. <laughs> and on that happy note shall we move on and have a look at the news coming to you from the center of northwestern europe covering board games war games card games and all that shit you love it's the news. <laughs> so, starting off the news with the thing that you can't stop me from talking about. Uh, this is dwarves, uh, but these are dwarves with a difference, he says, because they still have beards. But this is the range of Hospodar dwarves from Cromlech, which are now available over on their web store. So they have put together a range of very awesome looking dwarves that have got that kind of Slavic influence to them. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're sort of looking at Eastern European, Russian style. I'm seeing the hammer and sickle. Exactly, the swan on there as well. Uh, but they've got a they're basically the core of what you'd need for any good fine dwarven fighting force. Mm. Um, you have the boyar and the boyarina, as we saw above. So you've got your dwarven king and queen. Maybe nice. you want to lead the army, followed by two sets of warriors and then also command elements for them as well. So you've got your regular warriors with your hand weapons and shields, and then you've got your veteran warriors who are rocking rather fantastic hats and big, deadly-looking double-handed weapons as well. So if you wanted to use them as your heavy hitters in your army, then you can do that too. Um, this is all then capped off by an excellent-looking cannon, which we'll see later as well. Mm -hmm. But... A fantastic uh, set of miniatures from the guys at Cromlech uh, there that have sort of taken things in a, in a little bit of a, a different direction for the doors, which I think is really nice. Mm -hmm. um, it's certainly good to see the character of their sculpting team uh, put to something that isn't orcs. Uh, because <laughs> as much as I love their orc range and it's fantastic, it's good to see them doing something and sort of bringing the sort of uh, the, the character and the narrative to the, these dwarven faces, which, uh, as Justin has pointed out to me, most some of them, them are missing teeth. Missing, yeah, some of them, yeah. you know, they're on the vodka, <laughs> they get into a fist fight, and yeah, you know, exactly. you're, you're on like soft potato like broth. <laughs> Although I tell you what I love, Crom like do the, the orcs and they do them as a World War style. Mm -hmm. I would love them to do like World War style dwarves where it's mm. them as like, you know, little Londoners with all the flat caps, Piggy Blinder style. I think it'd look amazing. <laughs> There was a company that did something similar to that uh, not long ago, but I think they've gone the way of the dodo now, which is unfortunate. Oh, but uh, but yeah, um, yeah uh, this is a really fantastic looking range, packed full of character, lots of options for you to choose from. Uh, all of them available in resin in 28 millimeter, uh, and they should be uh, the good core of your army. Do you want to just quickly bring up, did I put the cannon back in or did I take you the did. cannon out? No, no, the, the cannon's okay. in there, but I knew okay. it was in the spinny version. Oh, okay. Um, well, fair enough. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, just for you. Benjamino, Go on. Oh, it's good. Uh, who could say no to another look at a dwarven cannon? I, I'd quite like the fact you more or less presented it going, it's nice to see that they've got their sculptors working on something proper instead of orcs. That's <laughs> you said. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, fantastic I, range. Yeah. I do love the the little the striker pole that's actually an axe as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah nice that's touch. cool. Well, sometimes you have to that defend yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. Classic looking uh, dwarves there with a little bit of a tweak to them. And importantly, the beards look fantastic. And that's the main way to get a good looking army of dwarves. So there we go. It's had to get another shot in there, Ben. 
I did. Yeah. I'm going to talk about beards constantly <laughs> after this episode. Sorry, every, every news item will be ranked in terms of beards. Yeah. 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 The beard seal of approval, yeah. yeah. This is a moustache out of ten. You're going to bring up yeah. one, I'm not going to know what it is, and it's just going to be me, me going, I must ask you a question. Yeah. Oh, very, oh god <laughs> that was good that was so bad it was good yeah uh, that's the point <laughs> right well moving on <laughs> we have uh, some more stuff from the folks at uh, Parabellum War Games for Conquest uh, now we saw that they had released the sort of uh, the core elements of their Wadron force uh, for you to use in your games but we're now seeing a lot more of the elite elements for it as well Mm-hmm. Um, so the first unit is a fast and agile strike unit for your games called the Raptor Riders. Uh, so in the um, sort of fluff and background of the uh, Wadron in, in Conquest, the genetically engineered, I suppose you'd say, Wadron mm-hmm. uh, sort of came through the process with tr- uh, certain traits. And one of them was an empathy towards animals, dinosaurs in this case. Uh, and the females of the species are uh, very good at controlling the predators, like you can see mm-hmm. the raptors here, whereas the males are more drawn towards the herbivores. Uh, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we're going to see some badass-looking wadron riding around on triceratops as well. That makes cool. sense as well, because if you think about it, in most societies, male are the hunter-gatherers and females go for you know the berries and the like. Mm-hmm. And therefore, by flipping what creature mm-hmm. they're able to uh to attract complements nicely their own inherent set of skills yeah yeah well if, if you think in nature the if take lions for example you know the female lion is more of a hunter than the male well, lion. does yeah. all the work yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although i do like the way they've sculpted this female version of an orc nice mm. big heavy duty muscly but still feminine yeah they've, they've done a really yeah. nice look that kind of draws on world of warcraft sort of aesthetics which i think is really nice yeah. uh, and uh, again one of the things that i noticed about the the wadron last time is that uh, i like that we're seeing at least a lot of splashes are coming here especially with the dinosaurs because yeah. they probably would have been this colorful but it would maybe i'd definitely paint the wadron with a different skin tone i think that was a bit more of a brighter green i yeah. think but mm. uh, that's just me or you just go full world of warcraft and do them in sort yeah. of ogres or flesh tones that would be cool because- People That'd don't awesome. do it often enough, but whenever no. somebody does, it's really striking. And it is. Think, Why do more people not do this? Yeah, although this is this is now the, the third faction of the game, which has essentially either been created or tweaked about with by the Spires. Terrible, as terrible if they terrible. had their hand in everything, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Bonus uh, points for the uh, feathers on the on the dinosaurs as well, bonus point. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as the Raptor Riders, we also saw the Warbred there as well. So the Warbred, uh, quite a Quite a tragic backstory uh, in that they killed their mothers when they were born, um, which is horrific. Um, But they are atoning for the sins of their birth because they've been outcast from the tribe by destroying as many opponents as possible with massive, huge pillars uh, so that they could be inducted (laughs) into the the clans. Yeah, so sad but also amazingly cool looking. Yeah, Uh, Uh, yeah, I'm going to guess this is going to be Units of small model counts, but big heavy hitters for this yes, faction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they're they're standard rank and file are the same sort of size as the rank and file from others. Oh, yeah. okay. So, yeah. so these are these are just the the sort of the the big ones, ogre equivalents or the like. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, really liking the look of these. I think the Wadron as a whole, probably my favorite looking army in its entirety so far for Conquest. I've really liked elements of the Dwegom and the Nords. 
uh, and a few of the sort of Hundred Kingdoms uh, miniatures as well. But I think the Wadron, as they stand, I think everything is pretty badass from what I've been looking at. So. That's only because they were supplanted. We, we should have been seeing the uh, the city-state come next. True. You would have been blown yeah. away by the city-state. And the artwork for that does look very nice. So, mm. yeah. yeah, and it was kind of cool that the, the community got to choose that as the next one. Mm. Yeah. So we have also seen little hints of what's coming next because as someone on social media said uh, underneath a comment about that article, they went, wouldn't it be awesome if there was a character model based on the dinosaur? And they went, what like this? And they showed a massive wadron <laughs> on the back of a T-Rex. And I was like, oh my God. Not you. <laughs> you see Ben's wallet just going, no. Yeah, I may have to start a wadron army. Damn it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, looking awesome there and can't wait to see what's next from them. Sweet. What I want to ask is, have you guys seen the newest film from Disney Pixar called Onward? Have you seen that? I have seen Onward no. and I loved it. It was great. And it's it's based in a fantasy world where you like you get your normal fantasy creatures such as like goblins, elves, dragons, you name it. And it's a great film where like you have concepts of DMD in it. So all of these mystical creatures, they might be fan like fantastical. Fantastical is that a word? That is fantastical. Word. Is. That is that is that is English. There you go. <laughs> I Englished properly today. Nice one. But the magic no longer exists in this world. So two brothers seek out a chance to meet their father who's passed away and help from the brother who plays D&D, his knowledge and all things magic. Um, he become, He's pretty much a pro for role play. And so it's a lovely film where mm. it's not fitted with disappointment at every possible chance, like a good <laughs> dinosaur. And I end up crying throughout the whole film. I was <laughs> not balling on this one. But there is a new role playing game coming out soon called quest of your barley's edition so uh this it brings the themes of the film into an all-out quest so it is perfect for kids and families and you can play this for as little of two as you or start the whole campaign with five people as well so you will need a quest master 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 to create the world around you and this is not an rpg adventure of the film so you can explore the onward universe like past cool. the movie and some of the characters and being guided by little doodles and notes of the main characters that are actually in the film as well That's so awesome. ian and barley yeah. so you do get guided by that the box comes with like everything you need inside the rpg adventure <laughs> so you get your all book i can literally just literally feel jerry just uncomfortable at the moment you get your all book your map your tiles your power items your card your character sheets loads of spells dice tokens quest master screen and you get some pretty awesome miniatures as well that come with it so they are pretty cool and uh, it's a great place. Uh, what I love about this, it's a great place to get kids started in RPGs. So mm -hmm. although I can see how uncomfortable Jerry is right now with the fact that this RPG incorporates cards and miniatures, I was just sitting there <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> how dare you? It's on the bard. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to look and go on your own adventure at home with the kids as a family and with like familiar characters, this is really a nice place to start. And you can go and download some blank and pre-generated character sheets as well online if you do want to get a look and feel with the game prior to the release, which is cool. later in March. Cool. It's a good one to look out for. I, I think this looks really fun. Uh, I, I, th I like the idea that it's sort of like that RPG in the box. I think that's a, a, a nice concept that they've obviously taken over from D&D &D and sort of the red box and that kind of thing, which is cool. And yeah. um, as you say, Onwards is a, a really fun film and an interesting world to be in. So it'd be nice to dive into this and, and, and play around with it, I think. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fascinating to see where they go because unless I'm very much mustaken to date USAopoly, 
or the OP or whatever the they call themselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> until now, have done nothing but traditional board games. Yeah. yeah. So this this is a step in a whole other direction yeah. for them. Um, and even, I mean, I'm assuming that is some form of blind draw mechanic to, to build your world with the, the hex tiles yeah. as you go. But the fact that you've just got the sort of the player characters there mm-hmm. will be interesting as to how much is how many things you meet and the sort of things you meet is it going to be yeah. essentially like a monstery dungeon crawler or they they're going to have different sort of tasks and setups it's it is fascinating yeah i am wondering if there's any of the the other like pixar movies that they would maybe try and use yeah. for this format you could do something that would be kind of cool can you imagine doing this with toy story Oh wow, that'd be awesome! <laughs> Bugs Life, let's go. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon as well. Oh, oh no, yeah. Dream, is, that, is that DreamWorks? Have I crossed the streams? I can't remember now. Possible. Yes, you have. Yeah. Oh, okay. Damn but it. Still, any movie like that that could be brought into this, if this is like a new genre where it's kids movie crossovers into RPG, could yeah. be. That'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Yeah. The Black Cauldron. Yes. Oh, yeah. that'd be yeah. cool. Well, they've done villainous. A nightmare like a Yeah. Thing. Like villainous is a thing, which is that that board game, which has done really, really well. So maybe if you did something with the villainous characters where you could play as evil Disney characters going around as role playing and role playing, that could be cool. And suddenly we're playing Kingdom Hearts, the role playing game. Yeah. When then no one knows what's going on. Yeah. Exactly. No, <laughs> yeah. I certainly don't. I'm completely baffled by this conversation now. Once we, once we moved away hey. from cartoons in the eighties, I was lost. Well, don't worry, don't worry, Jerry, because we're going to move on to something nice and metal now. So oh, this good. is yeah. uh, Crucible Crush, uh, also mm. Bob Merch and Pop Figures, if you know them. Uh, so this is um, their work on a new Kickstarter, which is coming soon uh, for a bunch of 1066 era miniatures. So if you're diving back into the Dark Ages, you've got some good options here from these guys. So they're going to be working on two... Pretty sizable armies. Sweet. Um, nice. They're going to be doing a set of Anglo-Saxons under uh, Harold Godwinson, uh, King Harold. And on the other side, you're going to have the Normans under William the Conqueror and or Bastard, depending on who you're talking to. Um, but, how you're feeling. <laughs> and how which, you're feeling. Which book yeah. you read. <laughs> uh, but um, they are going to be uh, sort of running the gamut of basically everything you need in order to feel both these forces. So you're going to get lots of your unarmored warriors and your armored warriors uh, to use as the different levels of troops within your games, maybe for something like Saga. For example. For example. <laughs> uh, and uh, they've also got, of course, uh, lots of the cavalry options as well for the Normans as well, since they brought them over to, to use in the battles and that kind of thing, and the ravaging of England and yeah. beyond. And um, oh, look at all those lovely shields that Lloyd's never going to use. Exactly. He's going to pop them all off and put something else on instead. Sometimes. Uh, but they have actually, uh, this is just sort of like a smaller preview of what they've yep. got available because they've got a, a large... Uh, sort of section of the website already dedicated to what they're working on at the moment and you'll see a lot more of the uh the different elements there including the the different um sort of hero types and champion types you can use as part of your army uh, and also all the sort of like unarmored and armored variants as well which is pretty cool it's a fantastic set it really is it really is uh going beyond what they've got there for 1066 they also said that they're not just working on well they're working on this for the kickstarter so you'll mm-hmm. be able to get the, the normans and the saxons but in the future they are going to be working on uh, a welsh range as well oh, I... and i have his name in front of me 
but I'm not going to read it because I'll get it <laughs> wrong. No. I'm liking the peasants. Peasants are, peasants are nice. Peasants are not only nice, but very handy as well, because if you go to play things like um, Crusades, mm-hmm. uh, later on having having just rabbly peasants to throw at it, especially if you're doing yeah. things like Peter's Crusade or, mm-hmm. or the Peasants' Revolt as well, yeah. just having generic sort of Dark Age and later peasants to be uh, thrown as chaff into the mill is probably the best way. The more <laughs> I look, the better the weapons get on that one. Mm. The more I look, mm. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. oh there's a shovel. Like, just kind of. <laughs> shovel and pitchforks. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, if you want to chase Frankenstein around a village. And, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can do that. Raise the feuds. <laughs> you didn't bring any spears. Who is paying you? <laughs> no one is, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah. Um, very cool stuff there, and I can't wait to see the Kickstarter and uh, what what they unlock beyond the yeah. sort of core forces for this. So that's very cool. That is absolutely sensational. Has that made you feel better, Jerry? That has made me feel much better. Restored. <laughs> back back in this fluffy, fuzzy little happy place. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I am. I also quite like the fact that they tell you the sort of the figure sets that they're going to be available in, and also the the variants. You know, yeah. multiple mm-hmm. poses, multiple head variants. Nice. Yeah, and can pick them up in various ways so if you're not playing saga if you're playing something grander skilled like uh lark de la guerre dbm heel caesar things like that where you can just multi-base mm-hmm. a couple of, of models onto a larger size base for these big games then you can mm-hmm. pick up packs that way as well that's a tremendous set it really I'm is well impressed Ever clever um Maybe. it should also be noted i think um bob merch has, uh, has said that they've been working on this for a very long time and it's something that's been like a little bit of a passion project for them because yeah. a lot of people will know them for their pulp figures range which is mm. as you might imagine pulpy stuff mm. um but uh, they they are sort of diving into the historical world a lot more now obviously before this they did all the uh, miniatures for like the french indian war in that period as yep. well so uh, it'll be cool to see what comes up uh, next from crucible crush uh, moving candy. into the far far future mm-hmm. We have a preview of what's coming up from uh, Corvus Belly for Infinity in May 2021. So they've released their previews for, for next month. Uh, leading the way is Shona Karana, as you can see there. So a former Aristea star and trainer who is now inducted into the Infinity world at large with Sword at the Ready. Maybe you can guess which faction she's fighting for. <laughs> that, that is a Does it begin with sword. P? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and right off the bat of having the military orders last month, mm-hmm. last month, this month, yeah. um, I suppose it's it's a good way you can just segue neatly from <laughs> one to the other or add additional things to them if you want to exactly. start playing just a generic pano force. Yeah. Yeah, so um, she's um, primarily been designed so that she can fit into Code 1 forces uh, for both Pano and O12, if you want to play as O12 instead, uh, but looking very cool for the Knights of Justice there. Following on from that, another of the sort of Code 1 releases, uh, but for those people who maybe want to build on the Shasvasti, we have Agent Dukash there, who I am thinking is getting all kinds of Hellboy vibes Mm. in that design, uh, but with like mega sci-fi anime Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and a, a fantastic model there for the Shasvasti, which I think is fantastic. I mean, maybe it's like Galaxy Quest and he finds some historical documents. Yes, maybe, yeah. Uh, I, I would also point out for any of those of you who have been watching Invincible recently mm-hmm. on Amazon, so that's very Damien Darkblood, I would say as well. So yeah. Very true. If you've not yeah. seen Invincible, by I the way, haven't. you Go need see to it. see Invincible like, right it. now. It's I, so I, good. I, 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 <laughs> Fair, fair warning, fair warning. It is brutal. 
Oh yes. yeah, that's fine. But say no more. <laughs> say no more. No, no, that's that's yeah. that's yeah. all I had to say because okay. the first time I watched through it, it was just like, okay, this is nice. This is what? Right, <laughs> exactly. it's on the list. Yeah, go and check it out. Prime, Bing, not sponsored. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> moving on from superheroes to a super big gun. That doesn't work, but yeah, sure. Uh, we have a tank hunter with portable auto cannon. Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this definitely shows that someone was not only rocking leg day, but arm day as well. Uh, mm. So if you're diving into Ariadna and you need to put down a tag because you're sad that you don't have them, uh, then you can <laughs> add these to the Tartary Army Corps as part of the action pack and uh, and rock on with this amazing piece of artillery. Very anime, as you might have guessed from it being Corvus Belly in Infinity. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond Somebody that... pointed out that it's actually sorry, a re-sculpt of a, it a is, very yes. first edition yeah. uh, gun. So it's, so it's seeing a new lease of life. Yeah, getting a bit of dust yeah. off. I really like it. People have been going, how's he firing it? Going, it's the future. If that's yes. not counterbalanced or some sort of suspensors on it or something, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, yeah. it's like an yeah. anti-grav thing on the back or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> or, you know, whenever he fires, there's like a jet engine out yeah. the back, just yeah. counterweighting it. Yanks the back, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. In addition to the sort of uh, more singular sets, they've also been doing a bunch of uh, additional bits and pieces for the uh, uh, for the different factions as well. So if you're 012 and you want to rock on with a Raptor boarding party, then you mm-hmm. can go and check one of those out. You've got two absolutely kick-ass looking uh, security officers there, sort of like law enforcement officers at the front, looking very, very cool. And then they are backed up by the uh, diva bots as well. So make them go through the hole first and then follow in afterwards. That's the way to do it. Let the robots do the killing. Uh, so yeah, get stuck in and play around with those. Um, you've also got some new stuff uh, for those people who want to fight at the behest of the sultans with a bunch of mercenaries. So you've got the Bashi bazooks there too, flying into battle on those mm-hmm. wings. Um, again, I think these are a repackage and slight tweak yeah. of an existing pack that they've been brought back to the, the tabletop. But very, very cool. Love the dynamic and the aesthetic of these. Uh, really nice looking stuff. Hack Islam are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You like the hack love, slam. Makes nothing, really nice tables as well, that the hack slam stuff. So nothing will ever beat the fat yuan yuan. The fat yuan yuan is always great. But I may have something that could beat him, oh. and that's the Shaksa long arms. Because how cool are these? These are my favorite. Badass Toha. They're it's, pretty badass. Yeah. Pretty badass. Considering we've been getting, you know, Kong versus Godzilla and stuff right now, mm-hmm. who would say no to massive alien apes carrying around huge cannons uh, and energy weapons? Who, who would say no to that? Hello. Turn to monkey. Exactly. Here's a little bit of trivia for you. So you see this color scheme? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's actually very close to the original color scheme that the guys from Corvus Belly were going to go for with the Toha. Oh, okay. Ah. I remember when we first started working with them, we got sent the very like a very first set of Toha in that original color scheme, and then they changed it. Oh, well, there you go. That's a little Contact. bit of early knowledge there for you to dwell on. But yeah, uh, very nice stuff there. All of these are going to be available in sort of mid to late May, so you've got plenty of time mm-hmm. to save up your pocket money before these hit the shelves. And as I say, good for both Code One and a sort of regular Infinity. Uh, and of course, you can mix match because. Mm-hmm. The games work perfectly well. To be honest, you could even use some of these miniatures for Stargrave as well. Oh, yes, you could. <laughs> you very much could. <laughs> if you want to do some hyper high tech stuff for it, exactly. Yeah. That would be awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, oh. moving on. There is a new board game coming this June. So if you're a fan of the wacky board game Camel Up, you're going to love the new spin-off. Um, and it's called Camel Off. Uh, Camel Off. Camel Up Off Season. Camel Off. Camel <laughs> Off. Let's not go there. A... <laughs> I, I thought we were almost going a little bit Monty Python. <laughs> Camel Off. Um, but if you didn't play the first um series Camel Up it's great fun the first board game was essentially a betting game so players would bet on the outcome of what Camel would win each race and there's a whole leg in the race so the witty help of the dice are determined but it's not racing season anymore so you would think the camels would get a little rest for their little legs but no they need to earn dollar and seek alternative employment <laughs> through the quieter season so players will be taken off the track and onto the marketplace so their camels will be expected to load up um, and essentially gain the most gold from carrying the most goods so it's not as easy as it sounds there is a use of bidding mechanics involved as you bid to choose what market you draw from picking up items such as vases for States, carpets, you know, like all the things that are really awkward mm. when you do drop them, you know, and smash and go everywhere. Um, <laughs> but your little camel does need to be careful of how much they're carrying. Uh, mm. You do have a capacity and can only hold one of each item at a time. So if you exceed your carry capacity, you can risk losing all of your collected item and losing the game to win as well. So this is for three to five players, unlike Camel Up, which I think it was a, I think there was two, two to eight. I think it was quite a lot of players was, playing yeah, the original yeah. one. But um, this is standalone game, so it's not an expansion, nothing to do with the original one. So two may feature, they might feature the same camels, but the games themselves are completely different. <laughs> it's a really fun looking, I mean, I, I see it's aimed at eight year old and up, mm-hmm. and it really does have that yeah. super bright, punchy colours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're all eight year old and up. We're fine. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. The thing that I quite liked about this when uh, I was reading through the story that you put together for you was the, mm-hmm. that that bidding element to it. Yeah. Whereas, because the market gets laid out at the beginning of each turn, you bid to see who's going to be first there to go and pick up stuff. So you've got to wager some of your coin effectively in exactly how quickly you're going to dive in there and pick stuff up because then people could then mix things around so that things get overloaded and you lose out later as well so you've got a little bit of push your luck in there too which is always nice to see one of my favorite things about the camel up games the first one had the kind of like pop-up um the pyramids, pyramids yeah and yeah. this well, one's sh- got the kind the of dice in and you know, yeah. Pull out, yeah and you've got the pop-up market in this one and it really kind of puts you in the game and it's i love really cool. that it's not just a flat board it's just kind of quite interactive as well so i really love it as someone who owns camel and I'm going to call it Camel Cup because that's how what I've always called it. Damn you, Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've always called it that. Uh, like, I'd love to have both games set up, play a game of Camel Up. Sorry, yeah. I'll call it Camel Up. I'll call it his real name. <laughs> I do know what I'm talking about. Uh, we'll play a game of Camel Up and then play off-season afterwards. Yeah. And I think that'd be really fun. And then you can combine the scores together to see who's the real winner. That's that'd good. Awesome. Uh-huh. That is pretty good. Those camels will never get a rest in your house. <laughs> you, exactly. Building up a campaign. Yeah. I mean, for on a, Legacy complete, camel up, on a yeah. complete aside in Camel Cup, uh, <laughs> do you have to purchase your camel beforehand or is there... Sort of, no, no, you know, just so, random draw type yeah. of thing. Right? Yeah, so, so, so you, you can't yeah. cycle back through. You can't use the, the money that you've cashed in from no, off no, season no. to try and yeah. get yourself a better, uh, better camel. Oh, I buy a herd. Although that could be a fun house rule. Yeah, yeah, you could always could. do a house rule and like have a bribes in there so that you can switch betting yeah. slips with someone else. That'd be awesome. Oh my god, yeah. that yeah. could. Or, become... Oh, there's a betting mechanic in it. Oh, in that case, yeah, yeah. yeah. you really yeah. need to use. Oh, you, you need to get the pair of them. Then you need to have your market <laughs> get enough look, gold so that look, you can start chucking money at the uh, the betting. 
Look at you or guys quickly becoming backstabby on a, on a yeah. or, game of Camelot. Or the way I would do it is I would play the off season first to see yeah. just how much like money and stuff you start with for the main season. There you oh. go. That's generally what you're working toward. Yeah. See? We've, we've already created an expansion for you there. So, yeah. <laughs> that, that that's our gift. That's our gift to you for free, Plan B. Yeah. But you have to change the name of the first game to Camel, Camel Cup. Camel Cup, because unless, that's what it was. <laughs> unless the whole thing now is called the Camel Cup. The whole mm. in. Oh, my God. It's oh. going to be like an, an overarching name for well, it. The, the, the Camel Cup, Cup Deluxe Edition. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Uh, yeah, looking awesome there. Uh, a third I, I, expansion where you're taking the camel to the vet. Oh, <laughs> oh that's sad. We didn't get a day off. Yeah, that is very sad. <laughs> uh, so we're going to move from the fantastical world of camels and racing mm. to the equally absurd world of Age of Sigma because it is pretty absurd. Uh, but um, moving on the narrative for the Mortal Realms, we're going to be getting, pardon me, the Broken Realms uh, book popping up this weekend for pre-order and that means we also get to say hello to the first dark prince himself Belacor, with his amazing new model which we have looked at in the past on some of our weekend shows um, it's pretty big compared to the original to give you an idea of scale the uh, original i say original the last version of Belacor that existed came up to about the top of that exploded crater oh yeah it, yeah. Um, Bellicor now obviously stands about twice, maybe three times as high as that, thanks to the wings. Uh, and he is ready to enact his brutal plans across the mortal realms and um, make Sigma is, suffer. Is he still a dual kit where you can have him in 40k as well? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So he okay. come. you know, the little nice. uh, dead chaos warrior on the base who has been uh, yeah. reaped by his sword. Yeah. You also can switch that out for a space marine, a primaris nice. lieutenant. Oh, that's cool. He's making me happy. Uh, yeah. I, I, I remember some of the chains. I think there's some 40k chains that specifically have, have space helmeted helmet heads and stuff, stuff on. Yeah. So well, he had to get bigger because he needed somewhere to put all the skulls. Exactly. Yeah. That growing collection. Yeah. There, was a, there was a picture GW put out uh, this week past, and it had the Abaddon model beside him. Mm. And I can't work out as if that is actual scale or if it's just another poor photoshop job from the workshop <laughs> because I he's think about he two and a half big. times yeah. bigger than abaddon yeah meaning that's just ridiculous. i mean he is the biggest baddest demon that exists so it makes sense that he would be massive but um yeah Still not as good as archon mind you. well i don't know the more i read about bellicor the more i don't like archeon but then Archeon's got his own sordid past and maybe a little bit more of a tragic one as well, actually. Because yeah. he saw something that no one should have seen in the Temple of Sigma. But yes, what was it? No one will ever know. Uh, but yeah, uh, Bellicor is leading the way for the Broken Realms in his new book. We'll see if his plans get enacted. Gomic up against him are going to be a selection of the other factions uh, in, in part. Nagash is obviously um, slightly... Uh, unnerved by the fact that um, Bellacor may undo all of his fine undead work, and so he is sent the Coolgast cruel Cruciator, there's a spell from Harry Potter, mm -hmm. yep. um, <laughs> uh, to, to lead the forces of the Night Haunt and to torture their victims with that rather interesting set of apparatus on its back. If, however, you want to play as the Stormcast Eternals, then you could bring in Garda Steel Soul, who is doing his best superhero landing impression there, um, to smite the enemies 
of uh, order and send them back into another dimension, bringing in a little bit of a Conan reference there for anyone who remembers the 90s cartoon. Uh, but there we go. Um, I, I think both models look fantastic. I think Gardas looks really, really cool. Um, I love the fact that like the cape's blowing up behind him and you've got the crackling hammer and the sword and everything. It's almost enough to make me go back and start collecting more Stormcast Eternals. Um, I like that it yeah. says oof on that bit of <laughs> Ribbon. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, believe I guarantee the, the sculptor is just sitting there going, somebody noticed. Yeah. <laughs> is that the uh, noise it makes when he lands like that? That's, that's his, yeah, that's when he tries to stand up afterwards. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, see. I'm wondering, you see the little hammers on the tassels. I wonder if they're tuned to be like musical when they hit the ground. Just ding, 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 ding. 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 Oh, <laughs> like wind chimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In game, uh, those guys can actually fire those hammers at the enemy, just so you're aware. Cool. So they, they fling uh, spectral hammers from their cloaks. What, which does is he do like strange. a little, a little hip he does a shimmy. Just he does a shimmy. the hip at him to send yeah. one out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I a think, samba dancer? I think you'll find it'll be like Death Blossom from the last Starfighter. He'll just start yes. pirouetting yeah. and spinning and they'll go off in all uh, directions. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very cool looking characters there. They're also doing a set of um, themed Battle Force sets like they did with the last Broken Rails book for Teclis, where if you want to dive in, we haven't got them pitched here, but if you want to dive in and pick up um, ones for, I think it's the Seraphon, I think it's Nurgle and then a couple of uh, two other factions. They've got those boxes coming out this weekend. So maybe go and check those out on stored on tabletop and put your orders in. That's tempting because um, the Seraphon are the ones that always, always caught my eye. Well, I, I like three peoples. Talking of the Seraphon, well, if you like the idea of playing a sorry, big fancy star wrong. lizards, then you can also bring in Lord Croak to lead them because a new miniature is on the way for the oldest frog in the world. Uh, and he looks very cool indeed. Uh, I love the tagline, who needs a living body anyway? Exactly. <laughs> As most people will know, the Slan mage priests of the lizard men back in Warhammer Fantasy Battles, who travelled to the old world on their starships, wink, wink, um, uh, are pretty damn good mages. Uh, and so Lord Croak, being one of the best of them all, is able to continue to cast spells and keep his own spirit alive even after death. Uh, and his new model looks absolutely fantastic with that kind of huge twisting circle of masonry around him. His extensive palanquin as well that he's riding into battle on. And then he's also got a skink priest alongside him too, just to make sure that he's fed and watered uh, when needed uh, in, the, in the midst of battle. Um, really awesome looking miniature. Nice to see it getting an update. And this possibly means we're going to see a new battle tone for the Seraphon soon. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see that. A lot of people have actually been picking up Seraphon uh, and building them as their armies uh, because they are the, the 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 sort of the best of the best when it comes to the good guys. If you ever really wanted to point to anybody, these are the guys that will do anything, no matter what, in order to make sure that chaos is destroyed and scattered to the winds. Yeah. So, yeah. Apologies, I misspoke. I, I was thinking Sylvaneth. Well, it's okay. I carried on with the segue anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, teach you. I will also. Sorry, okay. I was just going to say the original croak slash mage priests were multi kits, yes. where you could make regular and minty versions. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you've got with and without his big gold mask, I wonder if if it will be a case of you. Can, I reckon you it can will take be yeah. probably or okay, you can yeah. have either s all in which case what you need to do is take this, mount it on the back of a giant dinosaur, and then use it as Mazamundi. Yes, it's yeah, just yeah. ridiculous. So you mix things up. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, really cool stuff coming out for for the Seraphon there that uh, is hopefully going to point in the new direction of what the Seraphon are actually going to get. Maybe we'll see an update to some of their plastic kits as well, although they don't tend to look like they're going to need too much of an update. Uh, but uh, yeah, very nice indeed. Mm. Sticking with Games Workshop news, mm. uh, we also have some uh, Adeptus Titanicus um, goodness to look at uh, in that um, they're getting the biggest and yet tiniest Titan to date. Because uh, obviously, Adeptus Titanicus is tiny scale. <laughs> tiny scale. Yes. But this is a big Titan. So this is the Warmaster Titan, which comes with two, I count two, plasma destructors mm-hmm. on its arms. And it's not done there, because most people see Titans as walking fortresses regardless, right? <laughs> this is also has guns on its shoulders, Guns mm-hmm. in its shoulder, uh, guns next to its head, and also guns in its knees. So yeah, Perfect. it's absolutely laden with weapons with which to destroy the enemies of the emperor. Yeah. Is there a back shot of it? I haven't void got shot. one here. No. no, no, there is no. No, void, but uh, no, there's there's something I, I remember noticing on the first Warlord Titan they did is there's actually like an entrance way for your pilots for your crew. That's, oh, that's cool. cool. And that's cool. on the back of it, just either side of the the door to go in, it's twin last cannons. Uh, of course, got to protect your pilots when they get inside. Uh, I'm not one hundred percent certain, but it looks like there is something behind the eyes mm. in the head, which may, or may not be the crew. <laughs> Death. <laughs> uh, so this is it standing next to one of the the knights. Now, obviously, you'll know how big knights are in forty k compared to like a normal marine. So, like a normal marine is like that big, and then a knight is like huge, like that big. And then when you compare it to this, obviously, this means that the Warmaster Titans are absolutely immense and they're going to be i I can't imagine they're going to do much movement on the tabletop but i imagine they probably just stand still and blow everything to pieces Uh, 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 depending on what you're up to i mean like there are some weapons in the game that if you fire them at this big guy you're actually going to turn him to mess up his firing arc oh okay uh if you want there's actually a let's play myself and cab from foreground did uh with the game where we were playing it out I shall put a link to it in the uh, the show notes down below. Um, in addition to the Titan, by the way, um, that comes with both loyalist and traitor variants in terms of the uh, the transfers and things, so you can make it a traitor legion if you want. Uh, they're also going to be doing two new books. So you've got the Adeptus Titanicus rulebook, which is coming out, which you can pick up, which will have everything you need in there to play. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the loyalist legios, and I'm going to just subtitle it as a codex, effectively, because it'll come with all the extra bits and pieces you need for making a very um, loyalist focused force on the tabletop. And as you might imagine, because they're doing a loyalist one, I would imagine there's going to be a heretics one on the way as well. So watch out for that too. Um, but if you're interested in Adeptus Titanicus, you've got a big, 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 big new model to play around with there. And it looks pretty cool. There's not much bigger than it. No. <laughs> well, unless you're going to Forge World and you want to remortgage your house. Exactly. No, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about just even in, in Titan scale. I think the yeah. next scale up after that is the um, Emperor. Imperator. Yeah. Which got I, I would imagine they're going to make that too at some point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd be very Honestly, I'm wondering, is Forge World going to get their hands on this one to make it an actual 28 mil scale Titan? That would is be it, I mean, like, Currently, their biggest one is the size of a small child. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, why not? Because there's bound to be bound to be people out there who want Two to people in the world who want one. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, Shocking altogether. Yeah. So that rounds up the news for this week and what a spectacular and varied bunch of stories it was.
All right then, Ben. So what have you found for us for the ones and zeros of 3D printing this week? Ah, well, uh, I decided this week to go back to a couple of companies that we've looked at in the past and see what their new offerings were for mm -hmm. April. Um, so the first of these is Raging Heroes, who have decided that Greek gods were so good, they've returned for round two. Uh, and so we now have the return of Greek Gods 2, Electric Boogaloo, mm -hmm. um, as part of their Patreon. Is that the name? <laughs> I really is the name. It is now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this time around, they have decided to, I guess, descend down towards the underworld in Hades. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we have the eponymous god um, strutting his stuff and looking mighty sexy, I mm -hmm. must add. I'm getting Fabio vibes. <laughs> as, as, as was pointed out to me, I think it was in the comments to this, or maybe it was on Facebook, Hades is probably the god that has done the, the least wrong. <laughs> he, he sat in the basement, he did his job. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Except for all the times he had his daughter let him out. Yeah, well, true. Uh, but uh, a fantastic-looking god there, as you can see, which adds to the already burgeoning pantheon that they put together as part of God's Part uh, 1. On top of that, you've got loads of other characters, so you've got the likes of Orpheus and all stuff in there as well, um, cool. sort of feeding into that underworld theme. Uh, and then a bunch of extra bits and pieces too. So you've got your additional gods, as you might have imagined. Mm -hmm. uh, so you've got the, the hunter Artemis there on a moon stag. There's also a different variant of that, which comes as part of it, which we'll look at in a second. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you've got Dionysus, who I was quite unfortunate that uh, unfortunate. I was quite upset that Dionysus wasn't a big fat boy. I wanted a big fat boy mm -hmm. on a chariot. I they didn't are. Wanna, yeah. They're all very sexy, aren't they? I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a sexy chariot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, looking very cool indeed. And then you have like a couple more legs. additional, yes, additional yeah. troops. Um, for you to use in your armies. Mm -hmm. So if you want to 3D print off some new hoplites to go alongside the spearmen and the other warriors that they did last time, you can do that. If you want to lead the forces of the underworld back to the surface to reclaim it from your brothers, uh, namely kicking Poseidon in the nads and throwing <laughs> Zeus off a mountain, then you could maybe lead an army of skeletons in doing so, in addition to using the skeleton cavalry as well at the same time. Nice. Uh, but this Very is just cool. sort of like scratching the surface of what they've put together because... Mm. As is the case with a lot of the stuff that Raging Heroes do, they do like a normal tier mm -hmm. um, on Patreon, and then they do what's called the Overlord tier. And the Overlord tier comes with even more 3D printing files. Uh, so if we just click onto this lovely Imga, Imja, I'm going to say Imga. Imger. You'll see a bunch more of the gods that they've been working on. So obviously you've got Hades there on the left, but you've also got Hermes and Hecate as well, which is fantastic to see. Mm. I... I I really love the presentation of the miniatures from Raging Heroes in this kind of marbleized style. Yeah. Now, obviously, they're coloured renders, but I'd love to see someone do an actual army like this. Yeah. I think it would be really cool. See, they um, they kind of remind me of, like, the porcelain ornaments my grandma used to collect. Obviously, not Greek <laughs> gods, but just that style. <laughs> Messing out there, really. <laughs> You've got Themis there. You've got more pieces we saw. We've got Hephaestus, who is looking decidedly more cool than mm -hmm. I ever yeah. imagined him in actual uh, Greek mythology. No doubt he is forging an invisible net to toss over Ares and uh, Aphrodite when they, well, 
lay together, we should mm. say. Uh, but yes, um, yeah, very cool indeed. You've got a bunch of additional heroes as well. So you've got Rocking Out Orpheus, which I think is just amazing, sorry, alongside Morpheus, which was before. Mm. Uh, you've got Pandora, who has opened her little box of tricks. Uh, you've got a whole bunch of other heroes there as well, which for us to scroll it's through. Very, very bad rap for opening yeah. that. I know, it's not her fault. <laughs> well, it is, but yeah. Um, you've got Atalanta there, which is just fantastic. Uh, and as you can see by the scroll bar, mm. there is a lot to this. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we shall we shall whiz through it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this is the thing. Obviously, we've seen in the past when they've done the uh, sort of D&D-like Arabian stuff and mm -hmm. then the, uh, the sort of the vampires and bits and pieces like that. There have always been heroes and sort of monsters and titans, and there's Kronos, mm -hmm. Master of Time. Um, so cool. <laughs> but of late, oh, they've started awesome. to add in the addition. You're not just getting heroes and monsters or heroes and titans, mm. but they've started to to add in actual sort of troops yeah. for people who, who play um, sort of tabletop games, so you're not just restricted to, oh, that's really nice. I wish there was a unit of those. Yeah. You're not mm. going, oh, there's Leonidas. I wish there were Spartans to go with him or whatever it happens to be. Now you have mm -hmm. things like the yeah. Leonids. The Harpies were awesome as well, yeah. yeah. I know, they're so cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely stunning range of things, especially yeah. with the addition of the terrain that they've also been working on for this too. Um, it's definitely something that I think would come together to be a really nice high fantasy um Greek army mm. for you to use in a, a myriad of different games, really. Mm -hmm. uh, they all sort of come in and around that 32 millimeter scale, but there's no reason that you couldn't tweak it slightly if you wanted to as well, because 3D printing is digital files, so yep. you can play around. Absolutely. Um, uh, honestly, if you're ever wanting to reskill something, there's uh, a company, Printable Scenery, they actually have one file which is really useful called Sam Scale. Oh, okay. It's just this one little dude, but they've done him for each of the scales, so as so long as huh. you match to him. You'll That's be in the right awesome. scale. That's right. Which yeah. makes life a lot easier. And you don't handy. have to math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to math. <laughs> I do hate the math. Yeah. Numbers that is an amazing thing. It really <laughs> is. It is very much party on wheels. Yeah. These two just look like uh, sort of Victorian bathtubs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that probably is a hot tub. The freestanding baths that you normally see in uh, in fancy hotels. Wow. Yeah. Oh, the temple though—that's uh, really good. The size that's, of it. Yeah. No. That is a uh, centerpiece, I suppose. Mm. It's not even the biggest you, piece of terrain they've done. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I would have to break out the predator for that one. <laughs> you could make some beautiful dioramas with these as well. You really could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could see a lot of people with that being their focus as well, doing mm -hmm. that kind of diorama style thing. Yeah. My God, I just love that this just then gives you a sense of the scale of how, how big, big is Kronos. My God, I mean, he is the master of time, so <laughs> he's uh, yeah. Zeus's dad. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get that. But Titan, yeah. Yeah. huge. Yeah, making make him eat some rocks and throw up, and uh, he, yeah. he is big boy. <laughs> I mean, that is amazing in itself. Yeah, that is stunning. Yeah. Now, obviously. These you don't print all these off in one piece. <laughs> they are modular, so they so they're easy to print. So don't worry, you won't get like five minutes through Kronos's leg and then lose the rest of the print. So. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I'm, I'd be very curious to see the breakdown on some of the bigger miniatures because a yeah. resin bath printer, which is what I would run these in, doesn't generally have the biggest build plate unless you're buying one of the newer ones with the bigger build plate. Mm -hmm. 
I would also say that for those of you who are maybe thinking of diving in and, and looking at these, as we've talked about before, when we've looked at anything by Raging Heroes, um, they have quite a robust community uh, of individuals that have been doing this for the amount of time that the Patreon has existed. Uh, and they are always on hand to come up with advice and all sorts of things for, um, for 3D printing all these models and getting the best out of them so that if you're nervous and you're starting out for the first time, then you can, uh, you can, you can dive in and get all the help you need from their community, which is really awesome. And as I say, they've got these two different tiers as well, as you can see demonstrated here. So you've got the one that you can dive in and get everything on a slightly smaller scale where you can dive in and get absolutely huge monsters and creatures like uh, Kronos there, as we saw. Nice. Sweet like candy. I can't wait to see what they do next because I have a feeling that these mythical things have gone down very well and they mm. might start doing other pantheons. <laughs> That's true. So, but I, yeah. I think um, they haven't done a huge amount in the way of sci-fi, if memory serves. True, yeah. And I think they were talking about possibly venturing into the sci-fi side oh, so they're not fun. leaving uh, people behind too much by just focusing solely on fantasy. That would be interesting uh, to see. So, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't know how far along the plans are for that. Maybe next month, maybe months Ooh. away. Time will De tell. Definitely something yeah. to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. Now, from the, mm -hmm. yeah, from the the immense scale of Kronos mm. down to tiny, tiny, tiny halflings, mm -hmm. uh, because <laughs> uh, Warblock have decided that um, as well as sculpting fantastic twenty-eight mil figures, they're also going to go down to what I am now considering possibly one of my favorite scales ever, which is 10 mil <laughs> and doing a, an entire halfling army. Yeah. So these are tiny miniatures in normal 28 mil now made even tinier by ah. using your games. Uh, I mean, so. the, the unit is about the size of my thumbnail. Exactly. Fear yeah. of the death chicken. Yeah. Get, get, you, get your cocker griff out and uh, set him to work on the battlefield. Oh, uh, I love the cavalry with the tiny yes. baby goats. Yeah. You've got your ram cavalry, which is really called the goats. Yeah, really awesome. You've got your standard infantry, which can uh, be given sort of spears or hammers and shields. You've got your massive catapult uh, on the back of a huge oxen there as well, which is really nice. Uh, and then they've also done um, variants of the 3D prints. So you can either get them on strips, as you see there, yeah. or you can base them individually if you're a glutton for punishment and you want to make <laughs> uh, a really tiny war game or just mix up the way that they're set up as skirmishes perhaps as well, which is really This cool. is great. These look like they're going to need minimal, and I mean minimal scaffolding. Yeah. The other nice thing about these as well um, is that obviously they've carried over the sort of unique, characterful, sculpting mm. talent of Huntley, um, who did all the stuff in 28 mil. So they have the same sort of charm to them in their faces and that kind of thing, mm. uh, sort of built across into the armies themselves. But um, cool. a really nice section of things in tw uh, 28, in 10 mil there for mm -hmm. April. That will be um, very fun for those people that are diving into this kind of this scale of wargaming, which I know a lot of people are at the moment. Um, obviously, we've seen the stuff from Forest Dragon and stuff in the past mm -hmm. when they've been doing their, their 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 armies that are based on kind of Games Workshop Warhammer armies mm -hmm. and stuff. But um, yeah, nice to see uh, the <laughs> the world of Ark Worlds made even tinier. <laughs> it seems like 2021 is the year of the halfling. It really does. I think it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of companies doing stuff. For it, yeah. People have finally knuckled down and realised that uh, short little dudes is the way to go. Um, it's interesting that 
in the comments, people were asking what to use them for, specifically for the likes of Warmaster and mm -hmm. the um, the people who are doing, I think it's Warmaster Revolution, so the, mm -hmm. the fan-led version of it, have actually said that they were going to be making a halfling army specifically based on what's That's in this brilliant. patron. Cool. So you brilliant. can, currently you just have to substitute them for something else, whether you run them as goblins or run them as empire. Or run them Use as them as in your empire like army. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just as alternative uh, figures, but hopefully it won't be long before the, the guys at uh, Warmaster Revolution have actually got a full list that sort of is more fitting for halflings mm. because mm. they, they shouldn't be great fighters but they should be doughty little gets uh with a bit of arrow <laughs> and i for one i'm loving that yak it's it's amazing yeah yeah so, a, a yak a yak door a, a howder on a yak yeah a cowder. Oh my god, a cowder. That's Brilliant. Cowder. Well, how dare you, Ben? But I'm really digging this little dude up in the top right corner whose hands are above his head going, No, we fired. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You probably fired his actual hot pot rather than the one that was full of nasty stuff. But, uh, or accidentally one of the other crew members was in there. <laughs> yes. We've accidentally doom dived him. Yeah. Cavalry's lovely. Really? They is. are. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering what it's, I mean, we've had this before with Forest Dragon where because they're being sculpted to be printed at 10 mil, um, the, they're either over-exaggerating the sizing or reducing the amount of detail on the, the prints because you're not going to get it at that scale. But I wonder what yeah. they would look like if they were printed slightly larger. Because I know he's done 28 mil halflings, but has, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if, because he, he, he drops between traditional sculpting and, and sort of CAD design 3D, these yeah. days, so I'm not yeah. sure what way he sculpted them. Well, I know the majority of the... Yeah, I would imagine most of these are digitally sculpted, I would I would think. Um, but I know that they have done things like the Kaldar, as we're going to call it now. Kaldar. <laughs> uh, in, in 28 mil, and they've also done the Heroes. Uh, I'm not sure that the Cockergriff is a massive 28, although it might be now, actually, but um, it's worth having I, a look I thought at. I'd seen something like that. Yeah, I, I think the monster exists. Yeah. Whether or not there's a mounted halfling, I don't know, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a big pin and some super glue and we'll exactly. rectify that issue exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely go and check the, both of those out yeah so you've got um uh, the here is infinite patreon there to go and have a look at there'll be links <laughs> down below and also the one from uh, from warp block who are always doing something fun uh in yeah. uh, in 3d printing so. very different but very very good and both fantasy yes. of an ilk so i'm yeah. i'm very much in my element fantasy thumbs up did you win one of our prizes find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won if you see your username fill out the form to claim your prize all prizes must be claimed within 30 days so that just leaves us with the kickstarters to round out the show and mm -hmm. what are we looking at this week well this week there's some new expansions from shulmul games and they've been fully funded already and they've got expansions for the board game australia i have to say australia because there's a z in a big capital yeah. halfway through <laughs> um uh, entitled revenge of the old ones and 
Tasmania. So if you don't know much about Australia, uh, this is like your Euro conversion train route building style game, but with, you know, the friendly theme of Cthulhu embedded deep into the storyline. <laughs> um, this is set in an alternate timeline in the 1930s in Australia for one to four players after the Restorationist War and the Northern Hemisphere is trashed. So you're going to need to build a port, construct railways, mine, farm for food and ensure that your colony survives. But lurking outside of the lands are into the outback are the remaining old ones and the ever-threatening Eldred threat and their human allies trying to kick off war and hammock once more so there's two different expansions coming within this kickstarter the first revenge of the old ones allows the players to take control of the old ones and their uh, so that player can summon their forces and all kinds of havoc on the board with new monsters joining the fray and humans gain a bit more of a def uh, defense too. So there's new outposts come in. But obviously, you're going to need to stand up to one of your friends being an absolute nightmare. Controlling the whole bunch. <laughs> so stronger pulls, extra starting resources as well. So there is lots coming for that one. And Tasmania, which is the other expansion, uh, it certainly does expand the game, but in a different way. So they're both expansions, but they both do very, very different things. So this expansion adds a random map so if you fancy heading into the game blind which is absolutely petrifying uh, you'll be required to place terrain tiles uncovering different enemies the closer you venture in deeper really you're also provided with a fixed map um, as well for new resources on the island of Tasmania so along with a new terrain type as well for locating your port so there's two different pledges you can take you can look at picking up one of the expansions at uh, both of the expansions along with a storage case and completed milestones in the campaign as well. Or if you don't have the base game, you can get a chance to pick up absolutely everything. So <laughs> there, there is a really nice milestones as well in this. So a nice view into the game, giving the Kickstarter pledges a chance to get hold of like some special cards and even a big box divider that you can add in. Um, and they're not available in the core box. So however, they might cool. be released later in the year for promotional purposes, but the people that are kind of getting and enlisting in this will be adding the extras. Mm. So it's only got six days left mm. and it has smashed through its goal. So if you are interested in the board game and even a fan of the alternative history or especially a Cthulhu fan, you should definitely mm. check this out. Oh, it's by, by Martin Wallace as well, who is mm. a mega board game designer mm. uh, i've enjoyed brass because it's set yeah. in birmingham so yeah uh, very close time then yeah. <laughs> um, i mean I think, I'm, sorry uh, sorry i'm just thinking as if australia wasn't like filled with enough things that oh, no. now it's got <laughs> cthulhu let's just, let's just throw cthulhu in there yeah. let's just see how much havoc australia can have yeah and, i mean like cthulhu's probably support. gonna yeah. look at them and just go oh look you're a tiny little spider that wants to kill everyone yeah, that's cute. Oh, you're a cosmic spider. Because <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a few things about the game itself mechanically, mm. uh, which is very interesting, even to the likes of me who doesn't do board games, where um, you have a time tracker, mm -hmm. the Tasmanian version one, and whoever's lowest on the time tracker uh, activates, yeah. which means because it's a sort of, um, you can play it cooperative, competitive, or even solo. Mm -hmm. If you do too much too quickly, you can find yourself leapfrogging ahead of mm -hmm. essentially Cthulhu or the old ones or whoever they happen to be. And then they get multiple actions to catch you up in a row where you can't um, can't yeah. actually reply. So the, the fact that you've you've got this idea where you've got a, a management system, you've also got to build your, your railway lines to get around mm -hmm. Australia to deal with the various things and all mm -hmm. the while make sure that you're not trying to do too much too quickly but at the same time if you're too slow then yeah. you will get ruffle stumped when the old ones wake up 
so there, there's a lot to go into and a lot of things to be sort of managed mm-hmm. when you're playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know you say you're not into ball games, but as soon as I said the word Cthulhu, Jerry, you Oh, were... yeah, yeah, my... <laughs> the, the ears perked up. The thing that I quite liked about it was the, the fact that you've got that, like the threat is there, hmm. but it builds over time during gameplay yeah. and so that it can become like that extra player in the game. So it, you do, as, you, as Jerry was saying, have to manage things and then maybe work a little bit together in order to deal with it later on. The other thing that I really liked is what the Tasmania... Oh, Tasmania. Tasmania. Add that, <laughs> uh, expansion adds to it, and that's the the variable setup because you're drawing the tiles and using them in order to lay out the map. One of the things that I really hate in board games is that, and it's it's changed a lot over the years, but in the past it used to be that you'd set up the board and there'd be that kind of tried and tested way for you to win every time. Yeah. And it was just about whether the other players could get to that part before you. Because you've got the variable map layout everything's going to be different each time you sit down to play. And so it forces you to think of different strategies. And I love a board game which makes you think, this time I'm going to try and play it this way. Uh, And so it's nice to see that added into the game here, which is very awesome. Yeah. yeah. The fact that it adds a solo mode as well is is brilliant. And to be honest, I can imagine it would be very difficult to do, but if you are up for that, 100%. A challenge. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this. I really do want to give it a go. Yeah. Mm. Why would you not? I mean, everybody loves the old ones. Of course. Of course. <laughs> you have half, half the time, they just want a hug. <laughs> They're big so, tentacle hugs, you know. There's six days left on that one. If yeah. people want to get involved, definitely jump in. And like I said, they have multiple partners in various corners of the world. So it's it's not just going to be English language only. It seems to cover about seven or eight different languages there from mm-hmm. Polish, German, uh, Chinese, Japanese, French, mm-hmm. what have you, which is always a big thing for uh, for board game players yes. trying to get their hands on their own localized versions. versions. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's fantastic to see that they're working with so many people for that. Yeah. So one Kickstarter left them free. What yeah. have you found us? The next one I'm going to go over is Blue Planet Recontact. So if you were a fan of the Blue Planet RPGs over the years, this is like 25 years in development. So you'll love the new Planet RPG, um, Blue Planet RPG. And that's currently on Kickstarter by Bio has a game and it's already been funded. It's got 18 days left, sorry. Um, so this role-playing game set in a distant water world named Poseidon, which has existed of an age. We visit this world once before and this campaign reconnects with the dangers of the world with the previous 10 RPGs that have been out before um, and you've now which are now actually gone out of print so this campaign is now the third edition recontact and new fleet embarks to Poseidon to reconnect with the lost colony of 69 years after abandonment so this abandoned colony has taken and adapted the planet being pit against um, indisputability, uh, powerful enemies lurking in the depth of the ocean. Mm. So the new edition has got beautiful new artwork. They've up- updated and evolved the mechanics as well in the game support. The science realism of the setting and the supported richer, more unique character development as well. Focused on new and evolved equipment, tech, archetypes, new story you name it which will certainly resonate in today's society with everything that's going on in the advancement of tech so mm. as i said their kickstarter has got 18 days left to go and there are some really cool stretch goals as well to add to the setting that already exists on poseidon which people have tapped into before including new campaign hooks different maps 
helps character species to add to the games as well. So there's definitely an incentive to add to Very cool. the and the stretch gold are incredibly varied. So each one adds something completely different to the game. Some of some I find some Kickstarters like, oh, here's another card, here's this. But each individual stretch goal is completely different. So if you did want to look into deeper in the game, the quick start guide is actually available on Kickstarter as well. So you can have 80 pages, 80 plus pages, including the new mechanics to get involved in, a setting introduction and a full scenario that you can get stuck in straight away. Uh, with some pre-made characters as well. Cool. There's plenty available. As it, as it was, um, as they, well, as a reviewer said of the game, they said it's Space Marshal Cowboy and his cybernetic dolphin sidekick fight eco-crimes in alien Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, what's not to like about that? <laughs> Just to quote Ben, chef's kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does uh, see, look I- absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving the idea that you've got like a little base starter scenario that you and your friends can actually yeah. grab and give a go to before you dive in with it. I think I like when games nice. do that. Yeah. yeah, it's like a little tester, isn't it, to see if you actually enjoy it before you know, making the, committing. The, the first hit's free, and then it's just dab it to my veins. <laughs> the other thing that I think is quite nice about this is that like we have lots of role play games out there, and there are lots of very very basic, well, not basic, there are very sort of standard fantasy ones and standard mm-hmm. sci-fi ones, whereas this is going for something a little bit more niche. Yeah. And like if you were looking for something different to do with your role-playing group, then something like Blue Planet sounds like a really cool idea mm-hmm. where you're going to a water world and you're trying to sort of like uh, re-establish connections with the colony that's there and fight against strange alien forces of the, you know, you know, fighting back against the wildlife and all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, It just seems like a really neat idea. And who could say no to dolphins with lasers on? Of course. You say fighting against the aliens. Um, But one of the, one of the things about Blue Planet is there's a a very much a socio-political feel to it. So Earth has more or less destroyed itself. Yeah. And these people were sent off. we all want to do. uh, To to begin colonizing. And then before anything else could happen, they got sort of abandoned, um, plagued, kicked off in, in earth and, and went horribly wrong so they are left abandoned there and they right. thrive on this beautiful nice blue planet beyond a wormhole at the edge of our solar system yeah and then when we sort things out on earth and go well we're all dying on our backsides here let's go and visit them they go, oh, <laughs> oh please don't come. we, we oh, don't want God. you anymore we're fine here, we're fine here. Yeah. the aliens are fine with us being here we're all fine with the aliens it's all grand and then yeah. humanity from earth goes what's this what terrible people well, we are. Well, yeah. I think you'll find you really do want us here. And oh, look, we find yeah. something no. that would be fantastic for us. We're just going to harvest this. Yeah. So you, you can have you can have it from the Earthers. I'm going to go for Earthers. Yeah. Go full 2008. Okay. Have it from the Earthers' <laughs> point of view, where they're having to deal with these uppity colonialists mm. um, trying to keep all the resources for themselves. Or you can play it from the, the sort of colonist mm. point of view, where all of a sudden, 80 years later, after being abandoned to die on a planet somewhere else, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. humanity has reappeared and went, yeah, remember us? We're in charge again. Yeah, yeah, sure. How are you doing at surviving, guys? Yeah, yeah. you all right? Yeah. Uh, reminds me a little bit of the relationship. Mm. Reminds me a little bit of the relationship between the Martians, the Belters, and the, the humans on Earth in the, the expanse there, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, very yeah. cool. There's a, a lot going on with it. And the fact that they have said, yes, they're tweaking the mechanics and they're giving it a, a dust off and a polish. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual core of the game and the core of the storyline yeah. and. and the world that they've built is all staying the same. They're, the mm-hmm. reason it's it's survived for 20-odd years is because 
people are invested in it and, and the yeah. story that has been built around it so there's no point in changing that no i think that's important so if people haven't come across it before it could be a very interesting one to take a look at and like you say ben very different from your your standard fare of fine dungeon punch goblin repeatedly in the face for living in a dungeon <laughs> no murder hobos here Steal their stuff. Yeah. is there no tavern in this world no <laughs> I, i'm sure there's some form of space bar I imagine you just lick a frog. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very water world. Well, they, say, they say it's a very uh, Polynesian feel to the whole thing, where all the, the initial settlers have spread onto the various islands and uh, really archipelagos cool. yeah. and, and sort of develop this this community and, and society of their own. So yeah, yeah. archipelagos. That's yeah. the bunny. So yeah, uh, fascinating like stuff. I like it. And there is what do we say? Eighteen days left. Wow. Mm -hmm. Plenty of time to jump on board there, smash through some stretch goals. If you yeah. can just stop short, if you can just stop at like $64,999, because I see they've got an app for the $65,000. <laughs> Nobody needs that. Just a much. I'm getting waves of Luddite. <laughs> Luddite about it. I don't need an app to tell me how to play an RPG. <laughs> Uh, the DM's just sitting there in the corner. They're taking my job. <laughs> very much so. Very much so. But yeah, two two sensational Kickstarters, Australia, uh, yep. which looks fantastic, and Blue Planet Recontact. So yeah, have a look at them. Uh, there are gameplay videos for both, and there are also some things you can download for both from the the Kickstarter page to check out in a bit more detail the rules and the setting for them if you're interested so that's us for another week folks uh it's been a delight and a pleasure and a privilege to wander through the gaming news with you all and for you at home if you want to win those prizes the dire chasm novel and uh core game then don't forget to uh comment below like and do all the other fatty 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 things that i told you at the start of the show <laughs> until next friday i shall bid you adieu Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on. <laughs>